Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Produce Buzzers Podcast. We are so happy you have joined us today, and I think you will be too after the show is over, because you will learn a lot about fresh fruits and vegetables, how to select and store them, how to prepare and cook them, and surprising facts about their history and origin. We hope it inspires you to eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, not only for your health, but also for your delight and pleasure as you explore their amazing world of taste and delicious flavors. Eating more of them will transform your life in so many positive ways. So settle back, relax, and get ready for another delicious adventure with the Produce Buzzers. I am your host, Edwin Stepp executive editor of ProduceBuzz.com. I am joined by our fearless leader, the talented and brilliant Teresa Nolan, founder and president of ProduceBuzz. Teresa is a longtime veteran of the produce industry and a visionary in the marketing and merchandising of all types of fresh produce in the retail, grocery, and wholesale sectors. In the 1980s, she created the Nolan Network to provide those services to growers and shippers of fresh produce all around the world. She's also my big sister, who has done so much for me all my life and continues to inspire me to achieve my best. We are joined by our brother, Rick Stepp, also a longtime veteran of the produce industry in sales and marketing. The three of us have been in the produce industry all our lives. Our father was a fruit and vegetable farmer. He operated a packing house in the southeastern United States during the 50s, 60s, and 70s to serve farmers in that region and help them get their crops to markets all over the world. He also had retail produce markets across the region and a wholesale produce business supplying restaurants and grocery stores there. We all grew up working in those businesses and then after our father scaled them back, Rick and I went to work for Teresa to help her at the Nolan Network. Our fruit and veggie quartet of experts is completed by the lovely Cynthia Benedetto, who also came to work at the Nolan Network and became like a sister to us during that time. Cynthia has a family history with the produce industry as well. Her mother was one of the first women to break into the male-dominated world of fresh produce sales, where she sold Florida citrus for many, many years. She was one of the most successful salespeople in that industry and was tremendously respected by her colleagues and peers. We like to have a lot of fun on this podcast, and we hope you'll join in it as we tease and make fun of each other in a nice way, like good siblings should. We hope you will enjoy the banter while you get inspired to eat more fresh fruits and veggies. So let's get started. Welcome to Season 2 of the Produce Buzzers podcast. Our first episode for season two and the first one of 2022. Welcome to it. We hope you enjoyed last season. I hope you'll continue to listen to us in this season. We have some really interesting, exciting things to tell you about. Fresh fruits and vegetables to improve your health and to improve your taste buds. Today, I want to ask our Produce Buzzers, you've heard of Mr. Potato Head, but have you ever heard of Mr. Cauliflower? No. 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 Well, of course not, because Mr. Cauliflower was only an idea 
for the name of a character that you might all know named Mr. Bean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Mr. Bean. <laughs> that was... I have no idea. Who's Mr. Bean? Mr. Bean is a, is a British sitcom played by an actor named Rowan Atkinson. And you've got to watch Mr. Bean, Cynthia. He's uh, very, he's, it's all physical comedy, no, no dialogue at all. But he plays, as, he, as Rowan Atkinson said, he was a, he's a, a little child in a grown-up man's body. And he goes through all these antics because he doesn't quite understand the world how things work, and every time he tries to accomplish something, it goes all wrong, and it's the physical comedy is hilarious. But Mr. Bean uh, became a sensation in the 90s uh, as Rowan Atkinson played him, but they didn't come up with the name Mr. Bean until they had actually re recorded the very first episode. And prior to the name Mr. Bean, they went through several different vegetables for his name. Now, Mr. Cauliflower is the only one that I could find mentioned as one of the alternatives, uh, but apparently there were others. I could find no record of what the other veggies were, but he almost was called Mr. Cauliflower. I think Mr. <laughs> Bean <laughs> works a lot better than Mr. Cauliflower for him. Definitely. Uh, and the reason we're talking about Mr. Bean is because it's National Bean Day, Produce Buzzers podcast fans. Did you know that? Hopefully you did, and you're preparing a celebration with some beautiful, delicious beans. There are so many different kinds. We're going to talk about one in particular a little later. But first, we're going to talk about the overall category of beans. There are so many different types of plants that are categorized as beans, or more specifically, legumes. Now, the beans you probably think of when you think of beans are like kidney beans and... Uh, maybe navy beans or pinto beans or black beans, which Teresa is going to tell us more in depth about a little later. Those kinds of beans all originated in Central America thousands of years ago. Uh, remains of them have been found in Peru, and they date back to 2000 BC. Those are the earliest remains of these American beans that have been found to date. But botanists Tracing the DNA of these American beans, believe they originated in Central America probably several millennia even before that. And they've been very selectively cultivated for thousands of years, leading to the varieties we have today. So even these, pre, not prehistoric, but these ancient farmers were breeding and cultivating beans to create the beans that we have today. Mm -hmm. um, now, these, these beans that we've talked about, kidney, pinto, uh, the navy beans and black beans, were unknown in Europe until the Spanish explorers brought them back from their travels. But there were beans already in Europe going back thousands of years as well. Fava beans, for instance, are one of the most popular beans still today and go back several centuries or several millennia. Uh, also, chickpeas, which you know, uh, garbanzo beans, which are most people probably know them from eating hummus. It's the beans that's made for hummus, although they are used in many other ways. The Egyptians buried their dead with beans, and Homer mentions them in the Iliad and the Odyssey. 
There was one very famous Greek who was deathly afraid of beans. His name was Pythagoras. Yes, the Pythagoras of geometry fame. <laughs> he believed that eating beans was akin to cannibalism. As brilliant as he was in giving the world groundbreaking understanding of triangles, Pythagoras had quite a few strange ideas that he forced upon his followers. He had a cult-like following. He was, you know, a mathematician primarily, but also a philosopher. But he had a cult-like following because a lot of Greeks thought he was brilliant. But some of the Greeks thought he was as crazy as we think he is today. That finally led to a mob coming to kill him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that wasn't just some ninth grade math class. <laughs> no, no, he had quite a he had, he had a cult like following in Greece at the time, but a lot of the other people in Greece, you know, thought this guy is strange, weird, and finally they got it got to them and they came after him. But. Uh, <laughs> But he believed, he thought that beans contained the souls of the dead. <laughs> and part of that was from uh, the flatulence that it caused. <laughs> <laughs> he thought that was, those were the, if you ate them, that was the souls escaping from your body. Oh, my <laughs> like a spirit. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also because of the plant, the structure of the plant, they, they, they were eating fava beans. They didn't have the American beans, navy, black, and all that was we discussed. But the fava bean was the primary bean in the ancient world. The stems are hollow, so they believed that the roots were connected to the underworld, and these souls would come up through the stems and into the beans. So that was at least that's what Pythagoras believed and and some others, not just him. Aren't all the roots in everything he ate connected to the ground? Well, that's a good point. But I think it was more about the structure of the fava bean. Apparently, it's more hollow than other stems. Yeah, like his Pythagorean theorem, hollow. And some of his other strange theorem. Was that called the bean, bean theorem? theorem. <laughs> you could have gone like, you're full of beans. <laughs> Maybe that's where that expression comes from. You must have been a bean counter. <laughs> but along with, you know, along with this crazy belief about beans, he required his followers to put their right sandal on before their left sandal. So he'd get off on the right foot? I guess that was it. I don't know. I couldn't find an explanation for that. When anymore. I would come in crabby to work at A&J on the Hunts Point Market, if I came in crabby, Thomas would go, when you grow old tonight, push your bed up against the wall so you can only get on one side. <laughs> <laughs> but he also required them to wash their left foot before their right foot when they were washing their feet. Uh, he also required them to spit on their hair and fingernail trimmings. Oh Why? Goodness. I, I have no idea. <laughs> Just he's just like he's just one of those savants that along with his all of his um wonderful discoveries he also has those ticks those ocd things that he's like right foot yeah. must go left foot yeah so he was like the first autistic person or something yeah maybe that goes hand in hand a lot of times genius and insanity are very closely related 
Uh, they had they had to worship the number ten because he thought that was the basis of everything in the universe was the number ten, which is true actually. Why? Why? <laughs> well, there's a, there are. I'm some just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, think about how the ones and zeros are used in computers, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I didn't take that class. So, as I said, the Greeks of his day also thought his, some of his beliefs were pretty weird and strange. And also, they began to think, he, he, because his following was growing, they thought, man, this, this guy is going to be dangerous, so we got to do something. So, as I said, that finally led to a mob coming to, kill him uh, and when they did he fled but unfortunately he fled in the direction of a field of fava beans <laughs> <laughs> with the mob close behind he stopped dead in his tracks at the edge of the field unwilling to cross it for fear that he would be committing genocide <laughs> oh my because goodness the <laughs> yeah but instead he was going to commit well suicide <laughs> he stopped he did not yeah it was that's, no he'd be like trampling on the beans and killing all those uh yeah. spirits that's exactly what stopped him and the mob caught up to him and stabbed him at the edge of the bean field did they murder him <laughs> did he, he die he did die now yeah. this story is a legend and it's not been conclusively proved but some think that he just committed suicide which i guess in a sense he did <laughs> but and stabbed himself but uh, anyway but it's a it's a much more interesting story so we'll, we'll go with it <laughs> well i hate to break it to you edwin but i know people living today who believe things are just as stupid as that <laughs> <laughs> yep they're coming out of the woodwork every day but you're right the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's leave Pythagoras and his unscientific beliefs on beans to focus on their true nature. They are not reservoirs for the souls of the dead, but reservoirs of so many nutritious compounds that preserve life rather than destroy it. Beans are a great heart-healthy source of protein, but by themselves they do not provide a complete protein or protein with all the essential amino acids that we need for optimal health. But if you combine them and eat them with a grain, that is rice, corn, wheat, or oats like that, the proteins in the grain combine with those of the bean and make a complete protein. No meat needed, so it's a great meat substitute if you're looking to cut down on your meat consumption. Beans are part of the plant family known as Fabaceae. Or, as they are also known, legumes. I'm sure most of our listeners, especially if they're veggie enthusiasts, know the term legumes. One of the perks of this plant family is that they have an amazing ability to naturally increase nitrogen content in the soil, uh, making the nitrogen accessible to other plants around them. Uh, so in this way, beans don't just grow nutritious, delicious food for us to eat, they help enrich the soil in which they grow. The Native Americans used a planting technique called the Three Sisters. And that was, they would plant corn, beans, and squash together in a symbiotic relationship. The corn provided a trellis for the beans 
while the beans put much needed nitrogen in the soil for the corn and the squash. The squash were given shade by the corn and the beans, while it provided a good ground cover to hold in moisture in the soil. And also the squash kept away a lot of animals that might be tempted to eat the corn and beans. Because their leaves were rough and irritated the animals, skin and fur, animals such as rats, squirrels, raccoons, and even deer were discouraged from moving across those broad squash leaves because of the way it irritated them. Also, birds were reluctant to land on them for the same reasons. So the beans we have been talking about so far grow in pods, and those pods are the fruit of the plant. And the beans, which we take out normally and dry, at least for these kind of beans, are the seeds of those fruits and those plants. Green beans, also related, very closely related, are the unripe fruit of the plant. The, the, the seeds, if you've noticed when you eat green beans, is not very big. It's still immature. So there, we've mentioned there's all kinds of varieties, navy, kidney, cannellini, pinto, green beans, black beans, cranberry beans. Do you know what cranberry beans are? Those are those reddish-colored uh, beans on the outside. Sometimes they're called October beans, I guess, because they look like fall colors. And pole beans. One of the oldest beans is lima beans. They were first, they believe, originated in South America, somewhere near Brazil. And then there are mung beans and black-eyed peas. Those mung beans and black-eyed peas are closely related. Not surprisingly, if you look at them, they do have a similar shape. And then one of my favorites, the delightful lentil. So many different types of these, brown, green, red, yellow, and many others, all just so delicious and so nutritious. And peas are in the legume family, closely related to the beans we've been talking about so far. And that's easy to understand if you look at the structure of a pea and a bean. Very similar structure. And peanuts. We've talked about that here before. Peanuts are not nuts. They are legumes and in the bean family. You know, we were talking about fava beans. One of my favorite movie quotes was from The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> that quote, Hannibal Lecter, the cannibal, cannibalistic criminal of the film, says to... Jodie Foster, I forget her character name. Jodie Foster was the actress. He was telling her how he, what he did with one of his victims, and he said, I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> we won't be leaving that recipe for you today. Sorry. <laughs> and then there's some other famous beans that you may not think of when you think of beans, but you probably have because we refer to them. There's... Coffee beans, uh, cocoa beans, vanilla beans. Well, you're right to not think of them as beans because, nope, sorry, they're not in the same family as the beans we've been talking about today. But it's National Bean Day, so who's to say they can't be talked about? And then there's some plants that might surprise you. 
that are in the bean family, one of them is most likely growing in your front yard and you don't even know it. You don't, you know it, but you don't know that it's in the bean family. Clover is in the bean family. So if you got clover, I know we do here in our yard all over the place, (laughs) red and the white varieties pop up. Uh, They are in the bean family as, as is alfalfa. And those two crops are grown commercially, mostly to feed livestock. We talked about never eating mushrooms raw on a previous episode. Well, certain types of beans should never be eaten raw or undercooked, notably kidney and cannellini beans. They contain a toxin that can be deadly. Just five raw kidney beans can bring on a reaction of nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. So make sure you boil unsoaked beans for at least 30 minutes and pre-soaked beans for at least 15 minutes if you're going to cook your own beans at home. So we've talked a lot about general beans, but there's one bean that we here at Produce Buzzers really love and eat quite often. I know I do, and I know Teresa does, and those are black beans. Such a delicious bean and so versatile. So Teresa's going to tell us more about black beans. The black bean is one of more than 500 varieties of kidney beans uh, to about a half inch long with a slightly less pronounced boat shape that's common to kidney beans. As per their name, black beans have black skin, but the center is white. Like the other beans, they are considered a legume. And there are a number of types of black beans. They're also known as turtle beans, caviar criollo, and criollo is the, a Spanish term, which means of Spanish descent. And frijoles negros, which means, in Spanish, black beans. <laughs> so <laughs> the black beans date back at least 7,000 years when they were a staple food in the diets of Central and South Americans. And they can be stored indefinitely, but will begin to lose their moisture after one to two years. If you buy a can of black beans, you want to rinse them before using them. And if you're using the dried black beans, you want to soak the black beans at least overnight for at least eight hours. I like to actually soak mine for 24 hours. And the reason that you want to soak them is that they have a natural seed coat that protects their nutritious content from predators and insects while they're growing in nature. And one of the components of that seed coat is phytic acid, which protects the seed from premature germination. If the phytic acid is not removed from the bean before eating, it can bind to common minerals like calcium, magnesium, and copper, preventing them from being absorbed in the nutrients as nutrients in the body. These unabsorbed nutrients can build up and cause different conditions from small irritations like digestive irritability, to more serious issues like hormonal disruption and impaired brain function. So basically you wanna cook your beans and make sure that they're soaked in water to neutralize the harmful effect of phytic acid. Beans contain certain complex sugar called oligosaccharides and the human body does not produce any enzyme that would naturally break that sugar down. Therefore they ferment in the digestive system and begin to produce methane which is released from the body in unpleasant ways, so to speak. You know, (laughs) beans, beans, they're good for the heart. The more you eat, well, anyway, you know. So make sure you soak them. 
<laughs> good for the heart and what? Oh, okay, never mind. I, I didn't get that. No, I, I think that she had a, a, a problem with the internet connection. Okay. All right. Beans, beans, a wonderful fruit. The more you eat, the more you will. What? Okay. what? No. <laughs> this so, is a G-rated show, Teresa. <laughs> we'll leave it out to Cynthia. <laughs> okay, so there are uh, five easy steps for quick soaking beans. So if you don't have overnight, you want to first pick over the beans, remove any things that are hanging out in them that aren't beans like pebbles, <laughs> and then put the uh, beans in a colander or a sieve and rinse them clean in cool running water. Then you're going to put the rinsed drained beans in a large pot and cover with them with cool water. The water should cover the beans by about three inches. You can bring the beans and the water almost to a boil. You want small bubbles to appear around the edge of the pot without the entire contents to start bubbling away. Cover the pot and remove it from the heat. Let the pot sit for about an hour, then drain the beans and proceed with the recipe of after whatever soaking step it may call for. So what you wanna do now though, if you if you can, you actually want to try to soak them at least overnight. And if you can do it for 24 hours, you will find that your beans cook so much more evenly. And also it removes all of that carbohydrates that are, are indigestible and you will have much less trouble eating beans. The long, the long chain carbohydrates? Yes. Uh-huh. So well, that only, was uh, intellectual. I know. You the only remember? thing I remember from food technology. You're getting all scientific now. What is this? <laughs> Do you have some more uh, wisdom to share with us on Black Beans, Cynthia? <laughs> no, that's, that's food technology 101. That's it. That's all I know. What was it Father Guido Sarducci used to say? I can teach you in five minutes what the average college graduate remembers after four years of college. So there you go. <laughs> oh, wow. That wasn't even a minute since you got four more. <laughs> so I want to ask, I don't want to interrupt and maybe this should come uh -huh. later, but you said, you know, rinsing those canned beans, which I do too, because normally I'm putting them in something and I don't want that thick liquid. It tends to thicken what I'm making to a level I don't like, but I've also read that that liquid is incredibly nutritious and useful in many ways. It's called aquafaba. Yeah. Do you have anything on that or do you know anything about that? I have read about it in the past. I can't be, I'm not an expert on it, but I think that people use it as a thickening agent for right. some things, right? I use that for my chili. Yeah. I make sure I rinse out the can and get everything. You yeah. can actually make a chocolate substitute with that. Really? Yeah, there's a recipe for that, that you can take the black bean, whatever you call it. the Aquafaba, it's called, which means okay. bean water. <laughs> <laughs> you can take that and you, I can't remember the recipe, but you thicken it with something and actually add sugar to it and make like a fake chocolate from it. I need documentation on that. Bibliography, please. <laughs> Just, uh, there's a thing on the internet called Wikipedia. Just... 
and we no, all I'd know like, everything. No, there. I'd like you Sorry. to cite your source, please. <laughs> well, I do. Ha I did see a study that by one of the major universities that vegetarians who eat a lot of beans and ride their bicycles to work contribute more to global warming than the issue of methane and carbon dioxide than meat eaters who drive their SUVs to work. Well, they're probably getting a lot of propulsion too from that. Yeah. So, you know, that helps. Oh my. That's great. An all new low. <laughs> yes. So black beans also have high levels of flavonoids, uh, which have antioxidant abilities. They contain omega-3 fatty acid, which is considered a good form of cholesterol. And black beans are a great source of folic acid and have abnormally high levels of the rare compound molybdenum, which is very difficult to find in any other food. So uh, one of the best benefits of adding black beans to your daily or weekly diet is the possible high levels of fiber that they contain. They have high concentrations of soluble fiber, which has been proven to help lower blood cholesterol levels. And the soluble fiber can attract water and turns into a gel during digestion, whereas insoluble fiber adds mass to food and helps it passed through the digestive system faster. So lowering blood cholesterol can reduce the thickening of artery walls, which in turn can prevent heart attacks and strokes. Yeah. So they've also been shown to reduce the risk of certain types of cancer due to the flavonoids found in their seed coat. And um, they are great for relieving other types of digestive issues because they contain high levels of protein and fiber, making them a superfood. Protein and fiber help move the digestive tract, allowing it to eliminate waste in a healthy way. And they are digested more slowly than meat, which has a similar protein content. So eating beans can leave you satisfied for longer. The American Diabetes Association recommends black beans because they're rich in vitamins, antioxidants, minerals, and fiber that helps reducing the risk of diabetes. When they're eaten, the Steady absorption of nutrients occurs throughout the digestive process. One of the problems with diabetes is you'll have an unsteady digestion, your blood sugar spikes or crashes, which is dangerous and even fatal to patients with diabetes. So slowing that digestive process with beans is very good for diabetics. They can also help improve the functioning of the nervous system, providing necessary amino acids. They contain high amounts of B9, and uh, they actually help slow the digression of, of diseases like Parkinson's. Folate, which is also known as a folic acid, plays a key part in the regulation of specific amino acids, which is required by the nervous system. And with folate, pregnant women need folate, and that is a preventative factor to a lot of birth defects. So it's just a really good nutritious vegetable. The birth defect spinal bifida is connected to a lack of folate. So a lot of pregnant women are told to eat anything that's high in the folates. And oh my goodness, there are so many good black bean recipes. Mm. One of my favorite black bean recipes is a black bean uh, salad recipe that 
our darling, beautiful niece by marriage, Beth Step prepares. And we're going to try to post that recipe. It's black beans and corn and all these wonderful things in it. And it's really, really delicious. It is delicious. Well, very healthy and not, you know, not, it's, it's not uh, loaded with oils or anything like that, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really, really good. And um, also I have another black bean recipe that's an Italian version of that, which is really, really good. And then there are black bean burgers, which I have gotten to where I, you know, I prefer them to a hamburger. Really delicious. And, and do you make nephews, your own black bean burger? A lot of the time I do, but I have found a brand, a Dr. Prager is in a lot of grocery stores and they seem to be pretty clean as far as what's in them. Mm-hmm. But one of the best black bean burgers I've ever eaten was prepared by our nephew, Stephen Stepp. It was really delicious and uh, everybody really enjoyed them. So, And um, what was well, the, the binding agent for that? Actually, his recipe did not have egg in it. It was oatmeal. So... Wow. Uh, really, really good. And that completes the complete protein, too, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, That's right. To get that protein, you've got to have a grain of some sort. So a lot of people eat beans and rice. Beans and corn would do it. But it's a great complete protein when you combine it with a, with a carbohydrate like that. I so. always found that there was something missing in uh, my black beans, and I would always ask it you know, all my, my, my one best girlfriend, she's Colombian. They put sofrito in in it. And so that is... What is sofrito? Are you going to tell us? Yeah, it's, it's a combination of garlic, onion, green and red bell peppers, cilantro, and and maybe like a, a chicken stock. But the Dominican is a little bit different than the Puerto Rican, even Colombian. But I found that they you can buy it off the shelf but it's just got so many preservatives and other ingredients in it that I can't pronounce that I have gone to getting a girlfriend's uh, mother who's Dominican and she shared the recipe with me so I'm interested to put that into my repertoire and what she says it does is the mother just makes a big jar of it and it goes into most of their seasoning of, of food. Sounds great. It's garlic. Mm-hmm. What Can you say that again? Garlic? Yes. Garlic, red onion, the uh, bell peppers, red and green, cilantro, and chicken stock. Mm, that sounds great. They just blend it all up, and, they, and then uh, I would imagine the longer mm. it stays in there, the flavors really marry. So it's blended to a just a sauce. It's not no chunks of anything left. Yeah, you just throw it in a blender and do it. So I guess it would be what you want to whatever consistency you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. A lot of times I take my leftover salsa if I'm making a soup and I just dump it into the soup. <laughs> and that cilantro and everything it's <laughs> it really adds great flavor and you know, that'd be yeah. uh, garlic, onion, tomatoes and cilantro yeah really adds a lot of flavor to soups too good (laughs) have any of you ever compared the nutritional value of the different dried beans negative 
I did it once. I actually was just searching for it and I couldn't, it's on my old computer. I made a spreadsheet with several different dried beans and the nutritional value of each one. It was amazing. Why? Why? Why would you make an Excel spreadsheet of the nutritional <laughs> values of the different beans? Well, Cynthia, you're so smart. Why don't you tell me why I shouldn't do it? <laughs> no, I'm just like, you know, you're shoveling saying it's snow out of your driveway. You're doing this like, you know, when do you sleep? <laughs> I actually did it once and it's amazing how diverse they are in nutrition. It's not like they're all the same. I know that a combination of beans like black beans, pinto beans, kidney beans really gives you a, a lot of nutrition rather than just eating one bean all the time. Yeah, a variety. Right. I try to put in my chili, I usually use um, pinto, kidney, and black beans. That, to me, that's yeah. a good combination for the chili. Mm -hmm. I get stuck on they, just the kidney beans. I just like the consistency of them. You know, I've got a confession to make. I have a hundred pounds of dried black beans downstairs in my closet that I keep for survival. Yeah. A hundred pounds. I'm serious. I'm serious. I actually, in case there was ever an emergency where you can't get food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've got a hundred pounds. They're so cheap. Uh, but, but Teresa said that you can only keep them for a year or two. No, oh, you can yeah. keep them, but you just have to hydrate them. It, it would take longer to rehydrate them. Oh. And if you're trying yeah. to survive, you you probably you could live off of them for a few weeks anyway. Yeah. But uh, la the last time I used them was last year. I made some chili with some of them just to see if they were still good, and they seem fine. Anyway, see, for now, now you've just you just yeah you've just given up the the location of the stockpile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if somebody breaks in your house and steals them. And when the neighbors see that I'm not losing any weight, <laughs> the they'll know that I got food. <laughs> That's great. Teresa, I remember several years ago, we talked and you said that you used your pressure cooker uh, for cooking ba uh, black beans. Do you still do that? Yes. In fact, I still use the pressure cooker you gave me <laughs> for cooking black beans. And... You know, if you, after soaking them for the 24 hour period, just put them into the pressure cooker. I throw in onions and uh, cilantro and garlic with it. That is a, that's actually a, a good time to season your beans. But I have read that adding salt at that stage will actually toughen the bean. So if you're going to salt them, do it, do it afterwards. Don't salt them before you cook them. And, uh, you know, it only takes a few minutes in the pressure cooker. I think the longest part about cooking in a pressure cooker is waiting for the pressure to release on its own. I usually just let it release on its own. But I think that, you know, getting the pressure up, then um, the cooking process is probably only five minutes. But so, you know, if you don't mind releasing the pressure yourself on it, you know, you can probably have them done in about 20 minutes in a pressure cooker. And they turn out great. You still pre-soak them before you do that, I guess. Yes, yeah. I do. I, you know, I, Rick, I think Lori said she didn't, but I just found out they come out so much more consistent. Uh, you know, they, in fact, I had seen a video on the internet when I first started cooking them myself and the woman just showed the difference between throwing them in there 
and cooking them and soaking them first. And some will be overcooked, some will be undercooked if you don't soak them. Was that a, a, a sly way to say, have you dumped that gift I gave you? <laughs> you know that I honestly forgot that I gave her that. <laughs> Hey, Honestly. how about, do you still use the that great pressure cooker you had? What about my microwave steamer? <laughs> By the way, you can't microwave beans, so forget that. Oh, no, Rick, yeah, what are you going to do? You're out, you're out, Rick. That's why I have a pressure cooker. That's why I'm never going to have beans. The hell with them. <laughs> <laughs> you can reheat beans in the microwave, but you don't cook them in the microwave. Microwave up. or bust. <laughs> I always you know, beans always explode on me in the microwave when I. Yeah, I don't exactly. I don't like using the microwave because whatever explodes, and then I do it, and I'm like, I knew I should just cooked it on top. <laughs> just make sure you have a cover for things in the right. microwave. Yeah. I actually what? use an old cake plate cover that's glass. Yeah, yeah I, I use that works great. Cover. Yeah. So, you know, okay, when I'm then. traveling, uh, I have I'm not doing it anymore. But I used to buy the canned black beans and then canned diced tomatoes, and I kept a little thing of chili powder in my suitcase, and I had like a little hot pot that I could. Um, mix my own chili. I would just put black, the black beans from the can, the diced tomatoes and some chili powder. And it made a and, really good chili was, right in the hotel room. You didn't have it to was go right, It's urban, urban camping, right at your <laughs> fingertips. Right in the hotel and room. Now the, now I put the a little hot dog right. on the end of a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found that cooking, uh, Cooking hamburger in the hotel room is not oh. very good because the smoke alarm goes off. Yeah, imagine you're like next door to them. You're going, what in the hell is that? <laughs> they actually have microwaves in most of the hotel rooms now, so Rick, you can just yeah. yeah I would I would use if they had a microwave. That's I would heat it up in the microwave. But I actually carried a little hot pot type, like it's all, like a small crock pot. And I would just mix all that stuff together. And, and, and so it did it on. plug in or did it plug into your car? <laughs> <laughs> so you could you cook while you were driving. <laughs> you no, he would just put it. Top of the engine. Yeah. Like a cigarette lighter. <laughs> oh, hey, can I have a cigarette? No, no. I've got the crock pot plugged in. <laughs> but talk about a real simple meal. If you do have a microwave in your hotel room, just get some, just make a baked potato in the microwave. And then mix your uh, chili, to, your mock chili together, and you got a really good meal there for about fifty cents <laughs> cost. Well, wait a minute. Plus inflation now. You, know, you, gotta... <laughs> you gotta carry a can opener too. Yeah, you only have to spend one hundred twenty-five dollars for the room. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you, Teresa, for the info on black beans. We'll post those recipes, and I hope our listeners will all now become bean fans. Mr. Bean fans, too. You should check him out. He's, that's a funny, funny, funny show. So, Produce Buzzers podcast fans, it's time for your favorite segment here on Produce Buzzers podcast. Yes, I know it's not. Homegrown. 
But once again, huh. you have to endure it. Teresa, what is our pun of the day or our homegrown of the day? Well, it's a question. Why do cans of Irish beans have only 239 beans in them? <laughs> okay, let's repeat the question. Give our other produce buzzers a chance to guess. Why do cans of Irish beans only have 239 beans per can? Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, any guesses, produce buzzers? 239. Significant about that. That's probably... Um, I, I'm at a loss. Rick? Come on. I have no idea. That's, that's a tough one. Uh, because Irish people can't count to 240? <laughs> um, I, uh, can I use a lifeline? Life. A lifeline? I'm going to call your Irish friend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So why do cans of Irish beans have only 239 beans per can? Because they say one more would be too farty. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you could actually say the Boston, Boston beans with that, couldn't you? That's yeah, close. you probably yeah. could. <laughs> I forgot. What are Boston beans? I forgot. The candy. Remember with the little... Um... No, those are Boston baked beans. <laughs> There is a Boston bean. It's, I think it's the way they're prepared, right, Teresa? Not so I much think so, dry. but I don't know which which bean do they use. It's kind of a red bean, isn't it? Um, so, yeah. And it's up. got a molasses. It's a sweet kind of sauce on it, molasses. Uh, and, sort of the yes. New England version of barbecue beans, I guess. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Probably a lot of sugar in them. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> that was a good one. I tell you, that, that really stumped me. But you have to think about and you were, Yeah, and you were right on the last one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't a bad Irish accent either, Teresa. <laughs> I tried anyway. <laughs> Honestly, when you said that, I thought of Bostonians. You know, that's kind of the way they would say it. Yes, that's true. Walking. There's a lot of Irish in I was going to say, are, are there a lot of Irish in, in Boston? Probably was influenced mm -hmm. somewhat by that. I don't know. But. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that homegrown. That was a good nah. one. All right. Well, we hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Produce Buzzers podcast, celebrating delicious and nutritious beans on National Bean Day. But we think every day should be Bean Day. And hopefully you agree after hearing all about their health benefits and all their different varieties. Such a delicious part of healthy eating. Join us again next week for another episode. We'll be honoring National Pizza Week and talking about all the wonderful veggie toppings that we love to cover our pizzas with. Also, we will talk about how to make the best doughs for your pizzas. And not just those made from flour. Did you know that there are several veggies that you can substitute for flour to make your pizza doughs? Tune in to find out. And please take a quick second to subscribe and or follow our podcast on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. 
We are on over 10 different podcast feeds, including YouTube. And if you want to help support this podcast by making a donation, we would be so grateful. Just go to anchor.fm forward slash produce hyphen buzz and you will see a support button below the podcast description. Click on it and give what you can. No amount is too small. And of course, no amount is too large. Thank you, listeners, and good night. Well, thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the Produce Buzzers podcast. Brought to you by Produce Buzz, the gathering place for lovers of fresh fruits and veggies. We hope you were entertained a bit and educated a lot about fresh produce. Be sure to join us next time, and please tell your friends to do so as well. Like, share, and comment on our Produce Buzz Facebook page. And check out our website at www.producebuzz.com. There you will find articles about fresh fruits and veggies, how to select, store, and prepare them, as well as lots of interesting facts about all the wonderful bounty the earth provides for us. Until next time, be fruitful, and don't forget to veg out.